Hello, I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with the Real Property St. Pete podcast. And Remax Metro. Welcome. Today is David's favorite day. That's right. Statistics. So today we're going to be talking about August statistics. That's right. You know, these are things that get analyzed and put together and put out usually around the 20th of the following month. We've had a little time to work on this and we've been working on how to buy in 2023. And now we're finally getting together and talking about statistics, which are exceptionally interesting this month. So you're going to get right into it. I am. I'm so excited about the statistics. And yes, I have to get right into it. And, you know, we'd like to do a little quick summary at the beginning. And we've been talking a lot about in our prior episode about are we in a housing recession? We really looked at the closed sales numbers. And what are the number, the sheer raw number of sales that have taken place? In continuing that discussion, we find that the closed sales for August of 2023 is 850 compared with 1010 in 22. That's down 16%. So the number of actual homes, and we're talking about single family homes that have closed is down 16%. And the paid in cash is down 17%. Basically, that's a commensurate statistic. So that ratio is pretty similar. So we expect that. The other statistic that we're looking at on that is the new pending sales. The new pending sales are 812 for single-family homes in Pinellas County in August 2023 versus 1076 in August 22. That's down 25%. So as a leading indicator, the pending sales being down 25% is very interesting because we're going to look in the next month to see if the 16% of closed sales becomes closer to 25%. That'll be interesting to watch, right? It will be, yes. So then the next thing that we look at on that is the pending inventory is down 18.5%. That makes sense. And the new listings coming on the market are down 11%. So we're going to talk about both of those things today. What's keeping sellers from putting their property on the market? And what do we think about this change in closed sales continuing to go down month over month? You know, I'm going to tangent for a second. Might throw you off your mojo of numbers. (laughs) But one thing I think was poignant for me in... And you illustrated this and brought it to light was the timing for interest rate changes. And so I know that's where you're going to head relative to why sellers are not putting their properties on the market. But it will be interesting going further to see if these numbers stay, you know, similar because it was around August of 2022 that they started to take a turn. Right. Because wasn't it June, July that the interest rates started to change? That's correct. June, July, interest rates started to go up and they clipped up for from about 3% all the way to 8% in December. And you know, we've had a little bit of pullback over the last three or four months in those interest rates, just down into the high sixes, low sevens, but it's been relentless. I mean, the Fed has continued to be very tough and hawkish on the interest rates and it's continued to affect our market. And you know, it's interesting because we talk about sellers having to sell versus wanting to sell. Right. Well, let's go back to the interest rate too, because you know, the thing is, is that a six seven percent interest rate isn't a horrible situation. And was the eighties the interest rates were eighteen percent? That's a horrible situation. I agree with you. I think the problem is is that the exceptional rate that people have had over the last five years of three percent and now they're looking at possibly buying another house and paying eight percent interest makes them very nervous and it makes them stay put. I mean that's what we're finding, right? Well yes, but I think the real reason for 
for the problem with that is that prices went up so significantly, 40 to 60%, dependent on the location and the type of property that makes that situation not affordable. So in a different scenario, wherein, you know, the interest rates were high, let's say, I'm thinking back to during our career, interest rates were six, 7% in the mid 2000s, 2007, 2008. And that wasn't a bad situation, but prices were very low. And so it becomes unaffordable. Yeah, because if they look to buy something similar in price, but they just want to make a change, but they feel like they have a lot of equity, when they go look what they can buy, they realize that what they have, you know, would cost them so much more today. And I think they throw up their hands. I mean, you know, I think they're fearful about the idea of stepping out into the market to make a change just because, I mean, if they don't need to sell, I mean, if they need to move, if they're, you know, for whichever reason it is, I mean, you know, it could be age, it could be relocation. The things that really require a person to leave or to move, you know, those things are out there. But we basically find that those are the sellers that are out there. Mm hmm. Well, we've talked about that and who are the sellers in today's market. And I think both you and I have said, you know, my sellers are properties that are predominantly vacant. The people have gotten a job outside of the area or chosen to move or in your situation, people who thought they were going to move here and ended up not moving here. Right. And we also talked about how does that affect buyers, which is an interesting thing. What's a buyer's approach to a property with a seller that really needs to sell? Well, hopefully it create some opportunity, but let's talk more about the statistics, right? Right. Because that's really fun. So I think the next thing that we wanted to talk about, so we talk about these closed transactions being down. It looks like the pending sales are kind of a leading indicator for that. And they're down even more. They're down 25% where the sales are down 16%. But the next thing that we really like to talk about is median sale price. And that's really interesting because the median sale price is up 10%. Your immediate thought on that is, oh, wow. So prices are up. Well, you know, I've got an alternative look to that, don't I? You do. Yes. It's a good one. It's very valid. <laughs> right. I mean, first of all, the median sale price is the middle price where 50% of the properties that sold are below that price and 50% of the properties are above that price. That's the median. And for August of 2023, it's 479,000 versus 435,000 in August of 22. Well, let's be clear. So if you're thinking of selling, don't consider this an indication that you can ask 10% more for your home because that's not what's happening. So you're going to explain it. Exactly. I think that this information really has a lot to do with the number of houses that are in that lower 50%. There's so few houses. And the number of houses that are over a million dollars because I feel like that's very significant in our local market. For sure it is. But you know, we work in all the price points, don't we? Yes. <laughs> and we've been talking about, you know, the difficulty with working in some first-time home buyer pricing and right, what that where, looks like. So Yeah, where appraisals are super important, financing is super important, people don't have tons of cash to bring to make up the difference in the appraisal. I mean, the condition of the house is important. Oh my gosh, the condition of the house. So going back to the median sale price, the 50% of houses that are below the median have been in the past, there has been inventory of houses that are in the, you know, 100 to 150, 150 to 200, 200 to 250. But 
the closed sales by price that we're looking at for August of 2023, the $150,000 to $200,000 houses in all of Pinellas County is only four houses. So that's a zero. It makes you wonder if those are for lot value. Yes, very well could be. But $150,000 to $200,000 is down 80%. There's 80% fewer homes selling in the $150,000 to $200,000 range this August versus last August. You know, it's important to note that that's only because they don't exist. It's not that they're down. They just don't exist. Exactly. Yeah, that is exactly the point. So again, these are the number of houses that have sold in a particular price class. You know, the 150 to 200 is down 80% because there aren't any. And the 200 to 250 is down 27%. The 250 to 299 is down 32%. And the 300 to 400 is down 27%. Because there's so many fewer homes in those price classes, that really makes a big change to what the upper numbers are because you don't have the lower ones balancing that out. And it's driving the median price up. Right. It's not like the houses have gotten more valuable. It's just that the lower end has started to disappear. I think just the point is, is that there's fewer houses in those lower price points to balance out that median price. So that automatically makes the prices rise when you look at the median price. So one of the things that's definitely happening in the market is that there are a lot of price reductions. Can we agree to that? Actually, I think that there are a lot of price reductions. I'm seeing them, especially in the affordable housing category. I have a few searches going and I'm definitely seeing a lot of price reductions for people who are motivated to sell. Yes. Right. Especially when you look at the pictures and the house is vacant. Exactly. Because buyers are, they're kind of in the driver's seat. I mean, they go out and look, they like something, but then they decide not to buy. I think we've seen a lot of that. And I mean, some things still go off the market quickly if they're in really nice condition. And but there's priced well. And, and priced not right. not priced well, but if they're in nice condition. That's the key. We talked about that in our prior episodes. Condition is everything. It, it sure is. I mean, people don't want to pay and pay on an 8% interest rate and then have to do a bunch of work. That means they have to bring a bunch of cash. You know, I think that the pricing is still very, very important. So just to cascade on to the price class situation, the new listings by initial listing price from $100,000 to $150,000 properties is down 60%. From $150,000 to $200,000, down 35%. From $200,000 to $250,000, down 50%. I mean, the raw number on the sales is from 100 to 300 is four, six. This is in the entire county, 25 and 48. That gets you to 300,000. Then the numbers start to clip up into the hundreds. But the same number of houses between 100 and 300,000 is two, 13, 24, and 56. Basically, when you get to 300,000 to 400,000, then you start to move into 222 houses sold and 205 houses on the market. So those numbers really clip up once you get to 300, but below 300, those houses have really disappeared. So, you know, we just finished our series on how to buy in 2023. And that series, as I was thinking about it, is great for new buyers, inexperienced buyers, or buyers who have bought in the past but need a reminder because it's been several years since they bought. And what is the process that you have to go to to purchase a home? We do it every day. We're familiar with the milestones and what happens and how to do it effectively. But that was a great series on how to teach people who are new how to buy in 2023. It's a great refresher for those who have already bought 
a home, but yes, if you've never purchased a home to just have an overview of the process, it could be really helpful. We hope you listen. Yes. And I think that as we talk about these lower end houses that have been for sale, you know, up to 300, maybe up to 400, you have to realize that the competition amongst buyers for homes in that price point requires some thick skin. Yes. It might be that you make many offers before you actually have a deal. And you may have to accept some conditions and features of the property in those price points that might not be perfect. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living that right now. I'm living it too. I've been working uh, on a house that we just closed that was, you know, 430,000. And then, you know, I worked on a condo that was 230,000. It appraised $25,000 under that at 205. Needless to say, we did not close on it because the school teacher didn't have $25,000 in cash to bring to the table and close and the seller wasn't willing to make a negotiation. Yikes. Yeah. So we sent over the cancellation. We offered to buy it at the appraised price. No deal was made and we went our separate ways. So it's definitely a hurdle. And what's the solution? I got to go back and look for another property again. <laughs> Which bless her art. I mean, she has been very diligent about looking at properties, trying to find a place to live. You know what's driving her is rent. Well, it's interesting because we've had some offline conversations about rent versus buy. Right. And rent in St. Pete has become pretty expensive and it's continued to rise over the years. And you know, rent has been the driver of three or four of my buyers over the past couple of years. I mean, whether they're paying $5,000 a month or if their rent is going from 1800 to 2400 a month. Those are huge differences, no matter what the price point is. But if your landlord says your rent's going up 25%, you definitely start thinking about, well, does it make sense to buy? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's been a driver for that. And a lot of people who are renting are first-time home buyers. And hopefully the how to buy in 23 will help them figure out the process. Obviously, we're willing to help people in that price point. Yeah. So we had a philosophical question that we discussed earlier, which is if interest rates go down one to two percent, will that incentivize sellers to go on the market? Right. Will it make a difference for them? And we'll be coming into the spring market. I don't think we're necessarily going to see that, but that became the question of should a seller put the property on the market now in the fall or should they wait till the spring, which is normally our busier time of year? Or what happens if the interest rates go down one to two points in the spring? Will there be competition? Right. Will there be a flood of inventory? Right. Or at least some increased competition because right now the inventory is pretty low. And And you have an advantage if you're selling something that's in good condition to capture buyers, maybe at a higher price point than you actually should. Right. Because there's not a lot of competition out there amongst the sellers. It's the buyers out there looking. You put your house on the market, you know, there's nobody to go to the dance with but them. Well, and I think that's important to illustrate because we were talking in the statistics about how the numbers are down, sales are down, inventory's down, but the inventory situation is more important than the fact that the sales are down because they drive each other. Right. With that inventory down, it's hard to make transactions. So if you are somebody who's a seller and you want to go on the market soon, you should consider the fall as a time to go on the market. Yes. And, you know, we could be experiencing a typical slump. We've talked about this before. We have, prior to the COVID market, had a slump in our particular location during the summer months leading into late fall. Yeah. It could be what we're experiencing. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That's why we love the stats, because we like to see if what we see is what's really happening and whether we can predict it or not. And that's what people ask us to do as well. I mean, they want to know what's going on in the market. We can 
can tell them what's happening in the market every day because it's what we do every single day. But what they want to know is what's happening next. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we wish we knew? (laughs) I mean, we, we do not know. But I mean, we can look at a leading indicator like pending sales and see that they're down 25% and know that the closed sales are going to be down next month even more. Then the positive of that is if you have something great to sell, you can likely do well because there's not much inventory. That's right. I firmly believe that. And I've recommended to that to some sellers is that, you know, for us, the holidays are not a bad time to be on the market because people come down here for the holidays. They're here at Thanksgiving. You know, people start to come. The snowbirds begin to come in November, some in October. So there are more people down here at this time. And we have both sold properties at Christmas, right? Yes. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Christmas. New Hanukkah. Year's. Yeah. All, I mean, that Every that holiday. doesn't really change us because we're a little bit of a destination for the winter. Yes. So let's take a pivot. Typically, we focus on single family properties. Right. And we have some good information on condos. So condos is a hot topic right now. Indeed. Why is it a hot topic? The Florida legislation created two subjects for condos that have to be addressed over the next year and a half, two years. A milestone structural inspection of the buildings, which for our hyper-local market is pretty poignant because a lot of the buildings were built in the 60s and 70s, so they're starting to age. And they're also requiring that the condo create a budget for repair items so that things don't go on too long. The reserve study. Yes, that's what the name of it is. So they want to make sure that the building's keeping enough money in reserves to address any structural inspections and repairs that are needed for the building. And making sure their finances are in place for the residents. Right. Those same things all tie together. The reserve study based on conditions and the milestone inspection inspired by our friends in Miami where the building collapsed. And so I haven't heard of any local buildings have any major structural inspection issues that create a life and safety issue, but they are creating some financial issues. So cost of repairs, as everybody knows, has increased. And then cost of commercial repairs is probably even more significant. So many of the buildings are facing some special assessments relative to repairs that are needed. And it could be that that's impacting the condo markets. Well, and I don't want to fail to mentioned that the insurance costs that the people in the condos are facing that the building is providing insurance for, that insurance is going up significantly, 12% a year. I mean, so they are increasing their reserves and their assessments based on the increased insurance costs. Yes, it's significant. And I think every building faced somewhat of a major monthly fee increase over the last two years as a result of insurance. Indeed, that is a fact. So, and it's not just common owners. I mean, I felt it in my homeowner's insurance. I know a lot of our clients let us know that they had a major increase in their insurance costs. So going forward, it's definitely going to have an impact. What do the numbers look like? So for condos and townhomes for August of 23 versus August of 22, the closed sales are actually slightly up 0.6%. That's surprising when you look at our single-family homes down 16%. What's interesting is that the median time to contract is up 86%. So they've gone from 14 days to contract to 26 days to contract. The number of new listings is up 10.5%. The number of condos and townhomes under contract is down 10%. And this is crazy, but the number of active listings in condos and townhomes is up 51%. That's starkly different from the single family homes market. 
It is. And the month supply of inventory, when you compare August of last year to August of this year, has doubled. It's up 94%. So there's 3.1 months of inventory out there at the current rate of sale versus 1.6 last year. So that's a significantly different climate in the condo and townhouse market compared with the single family home market. Mm-hmm. And we, we've been a little nervous about talking about the milestone inspections, the reserve study, the number of new condos being built in St. Petersburg. You know, we just released the Saltair. I sold one. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. It's good to be me. I think you had the first closing in Saltair, didn't you? I, I had one of the very first closings. I don't know that it was actually the first, but it was one of the first. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. And that's fun. But basically, when you look at Saltair, I mean, they closed 100 properties in the month of August. Yes. So that's a lot of properties to sell, and it definitely can sort of affect the numbers. I don't know that we're seeing it terribly here, but if you look at that particular price point, you know, over a million dollars, you definitely see a huge difference in what's happening. But still, the numbers look like there's a lot of inventory out there. Sales are kind of flat, which is okay because our sales are down in terms of number of sales. I think one of the statistics that we found as we were looking through the condo and townhouse market, because we both are interested in condos and townhouses and we sell them and we list them, but you know we have a really diverse business, both you and I. Mm-hmm. We you do. would agree? Yes. Diverse in price point, diverse in type of property, a lot of diversity. and But that's typical for Pinellas County. And St. Petersburg, particularly. Oh, you're not kidding. And it's diverse in terms of buyers and sellers. So all those things expose us to the different markets. But on the condo and townhouse situation, I thought I would look at the inventory active listings. It's kind of interesting because when you start looking in January of 23, the amount of inventory is 181% higher than it was January of 22. That continues month over month as we go to February at 192%, 200% in March, 151 in April, and 121 in May. So then it drops off over the summer, June, July, August, down into the 70s and the 50s. But the overall monthly average year-to-date of inventory in condo and townhouses is 111% over what it was last year. Point being, there's a lot of inventory out there and... Inventory creates opportunity. It does. It does. It's a good time to be a buyer and the sellers have to be competitive when they're in the condo and townhouse market. Well, I think it's something that we should definitely include in future episodes because we do typically focus on single family and the statistics relative to that. But I think this condo market with all of the changes that are coming from the legislation and the fact that we have a building creating an enormous amount of inventory and sales statistics in our downtown market that it would be of interest to watch this a little closer. I know we really want to keep our focus on single family, but it would be an interesting piece to add in. Well, I think we've also kind of felt like that condos and townhouses tend to follow the same as the single family market. And that's been the case. But I think there's a definite departure in this situation because of the reserve study, because of the milestone inspections, because of all the new buildings that are being built. The increased in insurance due to the situation down in Miami. I mean, there's so many things that I think have sort of divided off the behavior of the condo and townhouse market versus a single family home market. We just can't expect for the information we give on single family to follow for the condo market to follow what we'd see in single family. We probably need to consider treating them different and separately. And I think we're on the front end of that. It's great timing to be adding that into our 
episode about the monthly statistics. So we'll have a small piece of that in every statistic episode to help keep you posted and updated on what the opportunities are there and what the results are. I was truly shocked. I was a little concerned about the condo and townhouse market. And then I looked into the stats this month and I thought, wow, this is a different story. It is. Well, this was a lot of fun. It's my favorite type of episode. And I know that people who are experienced buyers and new buyers will enjoy learning about the market. It's great to be informed and we appreciate you listening. And if you have any questions, like I always say, please send us a question. We'd love to take on a question because if you have a question, other people have the same questions and we could jump right in and start talking about them. Sounds great. In order to reach us, you can find our email addresses in the show notes below the episode. We appreciate you listening today. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with the Real Property St. Pete Podcast. And Remax Metro. See you soon.